Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Level Up Human, the comedy science podcast, souping up the homo sapien. Hello and welcome to Level Up Human, the show that looks at the human race and tries to figure out how we can make it better. We're taking suggestions from our panel, our audience here live at the Glasgow Science Festival and the natural world to work out what the next stage in our human evolution should be. Every day we're making new advancements. We've got AI carers. They're going to happen very soon. People are already walking around with human-pig hybrid organs. And one of these days, Jennifer Aniston might actually make a good film. Well, I'm your host, Simon Watts, and today I'm joined by uh, three kind of amoebas plus a couple of million years. On the immediate left, we've got Kate Shunrock, a researcher in marine global change. What on earth does that actually mean? It's... (laughs) Good question. That's what Glasgow <laughs> University website says you do. It is. It what is. do you actually do? Uh, I study change in the marine environment worldwide. So it's right. Why are you sounding such doubtful? <laughs> no, it? no, I don't. I studied it in Greenland, actually. And I use, uh, I use seaweeds as a paleoclimate data set, basically. <laughs> you study seaweed? Yeah, yeah, I'm a phycologist. So I can see why you dressed it up like that instead, actually, and saying you study seaweed. <laughs> Yeah, it looks sexier, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, it's cool. It's awesome. So uh, you're going to give us suggestions because, you know, this is a, the, the ocean's a big environment. If there's going to be anyone who understands life, it's people from there. We're also joined by Sean Killen. Sean is an ecologist here at Glasgow University who's got real fondness of fish. Why fish? Uh, because pretty much when it comes to, so I have a, a study behavior and physiology and pretty much any question worth studying, you can study it in fish. You can find a fish that you can study it with. Answer I'm not biased or anything. <laughs> what, why, what, you say they've got everything. Like, why does a fish have everything? Well, they're, just, they're, they're so diverse. They, have all kind, they live in pretty much every aquatic environment we have. Um, they're predators for, of different species. They're prey of different species. They've got incredible diversity of body forms. Some of them are flat, like flounder, with two eyes on one side of their body. Then there's you know, crazy predators, like all the sharks that... Uh, everyone's aware of, um, and everything in between. And uh, yeah, they're so amazing again, creatures. 
Shona's got pretty much every facet of biology in that case covered. <laughs> Very good conference. Yeah, they don't have chloroplasts. That's yeah. their downfall. Well, these two people are going to give us some ideas as to what we might like to see in the next stage of even evolution. But judging them and representing humanity, we are joined by Joe Caulfield. You'll know from being all over the radio, um, all the time, actually, particularly in Radio Scotland up here. And also, you're going touring. Is there anywhere in particular looking forward to touring anywhere that you would like to plug? Uh, I mean, I'm doing a lot in the southwest. I'm doing a sort of run, and then because I'm already down sort of Cornwall, Devon, Dorset, so I'm doing a lot there, and then there's bits I'm not doing, because I think, well, I've been there. So I'm not doing the northwest that much. I'm doing East Anglia quite a lot. Why is that? I don't know why. I'm just drawn there. You can tell by your, your thick Edinburgh accent, actually, yeah. in that most people from Edinburgh do sound like you, actually. They do, yeah. It's kind of the English hideaway in some ways. I think it's because I live in Edinburgh, so then if I'm going south, I think well, I might as well go really south and just keep going until I have to come all the way back up again. Well, look out for her, because she'll be touring all over the place. So, we're also joined by our amazing audience here at the Glasgow Science Festival. Please give everyone a warm welcome. Before we get all hypothetical on your butts, uh, we've decided to have some news stories. So our panel has brought along some ideas to show you our research into these kind of things currently is. Why don't we start with you this time, Sean? What has caught your eye? Sure. So, yeah, I was looking through some recent news stories, and as we're all aware in this hectic uh, lives we live these days, we're often in scenarios where we have to multitask, so, you know, switching between texting and driving at the same time, that sort of thing. Um, and as it turns out, I mean, that's, that's hard to do when you're switching be between one task and then picking up something else. Uh, there's usually a sort of delay there where you, it's difficult for you to uh, switch your brain around and, and adjust to, to what's going on. That's because anytime you're doing a task, there's a certain set of rules that you've learned in terms of what you're going to do to achieve a certain outcome. So even if you're going to be getting a pot of coffee, for example, you have to choose the right uh, coffee jug. Carif, <laughs> is that what they call it? Yes, it's a stressful <laughs> life you're living with. That's, that's the, uh, it's hard being an academic. And then you have to you know, pour it into the cup. And these are the things you, you, that you're doing. And then when you switch to something else, it takes your brain a while to kind of retrieve the rules that it knows and reconfigure and, and do what it's supposed to be doing. And as it turns out, some researchers at the University of Exeter um, have found in a recent study in the Journal of Experimental Psychology that pigeons might actually be better at that sort of task switching than we are. And so what they did is they, they actually um, gave pigeons a scenario where they actually had to switch between tasks. And what they did is they let them, uh, they sh basically showed them different images of circles that were glowing different colors. And the colors had stripes that were either oriented vertically or horizontally. And then they would have different numbers of stripes as well. And the pigeons had to sort of learn what the rules were in terms of choosing a horizontal or vertical arrangement of stripes or going by the number of stripes. And the way that they did that is they gave the pigeons a cue based on the color of the circles as well. So mm -hmm. the pigeons had to learn the cue, and that would inform them of the rules of the decision to make, and then they would have to press an appropriate key to get food. And so this was a task, and the task switching was when they would switch between the cue, or the cue that they were given, or the rules of the game, sort of. And as it turns out, pigeons could actually do this pretty flawlessly. They would switch between, every time the researchers would switch the task that the pigeons were being asked to accomplish, um, 
they would just keep going on with it and not make errors. And it's been shown in other studies when humans are asked to do the same sort of thing, there's a delay there where it takes us a while to retrieve that new set of rules. Is, is this because that there's only two tasks? And as far as I can tell, mm. pigeons only eat and poo on statues. <laughs> like, <laughs> is it specialist between... Like, Maybe the pigeons two? you know. <laughs> there are some really advanced pigeons out there, granted. Actually, because yeah, there's studies that have been shown to recognise human faces yep. and things even. Yep. So if a pigeon is pooing on you, it knows. It's a very, <laughs> very different matter. So yeah, what, why? Yeah. Do we know why pigeons can do this? Yeah, so I mean, the, the thought, uh, or the, sort of the hypothesis is that a lot of animals like pigeons, they use what's called associative learning when they're sort of picking up these rules and then applying them. And so they can quickly associate uh, the cue with the appropriate stimulus and then carry out the, the action to get the reward. Uh, and so it, it's more of an immediate thing because these are sort of simple rules that they're picking up on and they're associating a, uh, a cue with the appropriate action. What we tend to do is more of a, a sort of we catalog the rules or of the sort of situation and the appropriate uh, course of action. That allows us to do more complex tasks, but it takes us a longer time to switch course and bring up that sort of new set of rules. Is it also because task is more complex and if I'm doing one thing, say if I'm ironing a shirt, I will, can also be cooking something at the same time. Mm. But <laughs> I think I'm usually also thinking of something not to do with either of those things. Mm. And maybe the pigeon is thinking of nothing. <laughs> Whereas yep. we are always thinking of something so, as well as what we're doing. So what this means is the people who are very good at multitasking are a bit thick. <laughs> I'm fine with that, actually. Let's leave that there. Um, Joe, actually, what caught your eye in the news? What was particularly Well, this is very... Um, well, it's, it is science, but it's also where you go, oh, my God, that's how things happen. Um, yeah, that is science. Yeah. That is, that is... yeah, you know when you go, oh, I don't really get science, and then you go, oh, but that'll, that'll help me. So uh, now I'm very interested. So we all know, oh, CO2 problem, uh, mostly, as we now know, caused by Donald Trump using hairspray in the 80s. <laughs> so, the, so researchers, um, they've done an experiment in Iceland. Basically, they have pumped uh, carbon dioxide emissions and water into volcanic rock, and they've managed to constrain the carbon dioxide emissions because they've turned into rock. So when they put them in, and the scientists said, and I like this because it sounded like they had no idea what they were doing. Um, it's great. Um, they said it was a huge surprise to all the scientists involved. We thought, wow. And also, we thought, wow, because it's really fast. Within two years, it had converted into limestone. And they've also checked to see if there was anything leaking out. There's nothing bad leaking out anywhere. I, I love From the scientists? <laughs> yeah. Well, actually, they are leaking CO2. Well, you kind of hope so, in a way. And hopefully that's all. I, I just love the fact that they're going to be using carbon dioxide. In Iceland, they're using carbon dioxide to make more Iceland. Yes. That's a very slow plan to take over the world, isn't it? <laughs> what, about you, uh, what about you, Kate? What new stories grabbed you? Oh, man, so mine's a little less scientific. Uh, more like a meld of art and science, I think it's kind of nice. Uh, so in the beginning of this month, uh, this... There's a, I guess there's a tattoo, what do you call it, expose? Well, you expose Expo. your tattoos. No. <laughs> well, yeah. Depends where they are. Yeah, yeah. Ta tattoo Expo in France. And uh, this guy got the first prosthetic tattoo gun. So <laughs> they attached, they built this, basically a very operable tattoo gun onto his prosthetic so he can do his work with an arm that's missing. 
That is but, so cool. Isn't but it? that seems like cheating because he's not going to feel it, is he? Well, no, no, you've got the wrong way around. So the tattooist is the person who's got the... Oh. Yeah. <laughs> you can tattoo on his prosthetic arm. And I was going, well, so what? It's because the whole point of tattoo is you have to bear the pain. The whole right. point so of the tattoo. That's the point. So the tattooist, well, it feels like cheating. That's like when people go, oh, that's just a... You've just put that on out of a gum thing, what they call a stick-on one. Oh, yeah. It's not a proper Henna. tattoo, is it? Has no. anybody here got tattoos? Wouldn't you say part of it is Only bearing the pain? Yeah. Actually, hold on. If you're, if you're game, uh, let's get a microphone to that man, please. Oh, he's standing. This oh, is good. Back tattoo. Oh! <laughs> what, what is that? What is that? We need to uh, shave, shave your chest. It's like <laughs> he's tattooed more hair on his chest. <laughs> is that, a, yeah, that wouldn't actually, be possible. Is it a brain? It looks like a brain. Is it it's a, a yin-yang symbol using a white tiger and a black dragon. That's gorgeous, man. I can't. It's just. The, I think it's the low resolution from here. That might be. Well, yeah. It's a bit fuzzy. It's, it's a little better when it's shaved, but I don't really do that very often because it's not fun. So was I, the pain? As the women will know, it's itchy. Was the pain part of it? Uh, yeah, it was very, very sore. Was that fun? Um, I, I did it because uh, I like the image. Uh, for me, it's a symbol of love. It's to do with a Chinese proverb. Yeah, it makes sense. Mm. Um, and so when I wake up in the morning, go for a shower, I see a symbol of love every morning. So for me, that's <laughs> and a good thing. Well, here's the real question, I suppose, that we really want to ask, is if there was a man with, or a man or a woman, we don't know, actually, was it a guy, I think you said? It was oh, a guy. Yeah. yeah. I saw this, the, the same oh, article yeah, yeah. you did. It's really cool. It and he, cool. Would, you, would you happily be put to, like, does he have the same dexterity and everything? Like... Because, I'll put it like this, I've got a mate who got a bad tattoo, okay? They messed it up, they made a mistake. As a result, they gave him a free tattoo. You know, he could come back and get a second one. Yeah, I don't know. Which meant he got a second bad tattoo. (laughs) (laughs) And then they said, sorry for messing that up, we'll give you a third tattoo. The third one was apparently okay, but I think, yeah... Well, the photo, it him... looks totally badass, though. It's, it's this crazy. It's a steampunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you don't care that the tattooist tattoo arm looks great, do you, when you go in? It's, you're yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, I tried to look into how the prosthetic was actually working. Like, does it move with his neural signaling? I don't know. Well, it must there wasn't work any reporting fantastically well for him to be able to do yeah, a tattoo, a video, which is brilliant. It, it looks good. It's, um, from what I understand from the video, it basically just is a, an extension of his arm with the needle on the end. The needle itself, when it's going, goes automatically. It's literally just, just drawing oh. it with your fingers. So it's not like you turn it on and off with the, with the arm. Uh, it's just where he positions the needle. So it's like uh, a sewing machine. His, his, yeah, like it was a sewing built machine. out of a sewing machine. So he could be better. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He could actually be better to than be a regular fair, tattooist. actually, his work did yeah. look quite impressive. So. I wonder if he had to relearn again. Like, I wonder if this is, was he a tattooist before he lost his arm? Or has no, this become a passion he just wants to stab people with his new hand? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great one. Thank you very much. Give Cameron a round of applause. Okay, so that's the kind of thing that is happening now. Now let's get ambitious. What would we like to see? So let's get the pitches for what we'd like to see in the next stage of humanity, Human 2.0. Let's start with you, Kit. What do you reckon? Uh, so I took this from, well, squid, but fish also have this, and it's, a, it's called a photophore, and so it's an organ that has a photosyst in it that produces uh, light. So fish use it for counter-shading, protecting themselves from predators. Uh, Angler fish use it as like a little bait, is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> they use it to bait their prey. 
Um, squid use it. They use their photophores for mating, for communicating, and uh, yeah. So what is it you want to use it for, though? It would be very interesting. Uh, well, you could use it for all sorts of camouflage, but you know, practical uses is nightlights, signaling so, across forests, dark forests. Reading. I grab it in my fingers now. Yeah, mm. just reading. reading. Looking for milk in the fridge. Raves would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Parties. <laughs> so hold on. Okay, um, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to roll back on this to make it actually useful, right? Because this is... Um, do we, what's the kind of proteins? What causes these lights? How does it work? Well, I think it works in a variety of ways. I'm actually, you know, I study seaweeds, so... <laughs> are there any in-the-dark seaweeds? Uh, yeah, yeah, uh, there are. Uh, they use a different mechanism, however. So um, the one that I'm most familiar with is where these organs actually recruit a st certain type of bacteria called Vibrio um, into their photophores, and when they get to a certain density, the signaling between the Vibrio causes them to fluoresce. Uh, so basically, these bacteria are recruited because there's sugars and foods and stuff like that in the photophores. Uh, and how they regulate production of sugars and such, I'm not exactly sure. But if we could transfer this gene into our bodies and create photophores... Cycling um, so sure at night, can... so I could eat a bit of this stuff and then I'll go on going on my bike and I'll be seen. Mm. Could it work that way? Yeah, if you're biking naked. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, well I'll get hands, yeah, I think head. You'd, be like, yeah. you'd kind of have a, a signal and be mm. like, ooh, okay, I'm going to turn my hand on right now and yeah. <laughs> give you a really cool high five. I don't know. I'm looking this up here because actually you're not, you're not the first person to suggest this kind of thing because in fact there's been some people who've been trying it. So in mm. 2013 Kickstarter uh, we're trying to fund some biohackers to make glow-in-the-dark trees. So rather than having our streets lined by lights, we'd have a low-carbon alternative. Brilliant. Um, mm. It didn't happen. Uh, and it was because, actually, we had to quickly scramble some laws to make the, you know, releasing synthetic animals into the wild without asking anybody. Um, couldn't go ahead. But I think they're still trying to do research on this for, the, for much the purposes you're saying. Yeah, I mean, I, I think... You know, if you want to talk about benefits, you could definitely decrease your carbon footprint if you can produce your own light. Oh, but they were going to do it with animals. What were they going to do, like do it in squirrels and hang them around trees? Like, <laughs> <laughs> like little lights hanging off there. Oh. Yeah, actually, well, so they, were, they were doing it with the trees themselves. So I'm thinking if they were making things like acorns and the squirrel would get really annoyed because oh. you could always find their, where they had the things. But could you imagine how pretty it would be with all the acorns? With all the light? hanging squirrels. Can we, can we do a survey, actually, <laughs> from the audience by wooing? Uh, who would love to have glow-in-the-dark trees on all our, lining all our streets? <laughs> Who's against it? Woo. Wow. <laughs> okay, that was, that was just you, Sean. Come on, tell us why this is a bad thing. No. I recommend that you're arguing against it here. This is the time to put the boot in. I was just joking, but I mean, if, if I had to stand, stand up against the glowing trees, I mean, what's wrong with normal trees? They're good. No, instead well, they don't of having, glow. That's what's wrong in this case. Yeah, they don't glow. And this is, so instead of having electric lights, we have glowing trees. Like in the yeah. country, you'd have your normal trees because you don't want the whole yeah, world they're only city too glowy. Trees. So it'd be like Avatar, basically. So you're going to end up having yeah, human... Actually, here's another question, because we know that one of the things that causes... So, so we are kind of having an insomnia epidemic in our country and in our world right now because of mm. Thomas Edison and all the people before him who helped create light bulbs. 
Um, and particular things like our mobile phones or tablets and stuff pump out a lot of blue light, which is one of the ones that your body uses for its bioclock. Mm-hmm. A lot of these phosphorescent lights have got a bluish tinge because they travel better through water that way, I believe. Are you just giving us permanent sleeplessness? But I feel like a lot of these suggestions were that people don't want to sleep anymore, so... Oh, yeah, the true. Ones a lot of people have said that. <laughs> they don't want to go to the toilet or sleep. Yeah, yeah. But, yeah. but they didn't say, Family. I want insomnia forevermore. <laughs> I think they, was, they were planning for it in better ways. Is that on the shortlist? Well, um, I'm a bit worried now by you saying the thing about the blue light, and this would have the blue light thing that is keeping us awake. Is it, is, it, is it the light that keeps us awake, or is it our brains looking at things and thinking? So it's partly the light. Look, it seems to be mm-hmm. we have... Uh, I know the guy, actually, which is really cool... Um, Russell Foster and his group, they were the people who discovered that we've got another photoreceptor in our eye, which is pretty much used by our body, body clock. And oh. It's particularly responsive to blue light. So in Scotland, everybody should be cheap sleeping great, because when did you last see the sun? Let's be honest, right? <laughs> but So could some people have different... Um, um, I was going to say amounts, but that's not the correct word. Whatever. So if we shot, have yeah. the reflector thing, so some people, the, the thing that's... Uh, right. My words are my trade, by the way. Um, <laughs> so some, could you have a different level? So some people not so bothered by the blue light and some other people more yeah, bothered because there, there they some would get variation. more in. Yeah, yeah that's right. But if you can control the fluorescence, you can probably control the spectra. So you can ah. make it red light. You can make it ah. green light. Oh, get a mic to him. If you Solve that, that problem. <laughs> Yeah. A soothing light, yes, beautiful. <laughs> Actually, yeah, wouldn't you love a belly night light for your kids? <laughs> oh, that'd be awesome. So is that in? Are yeah, definitely ag- in. Yes, because instead of night light, they could have a little, a little pot plant. Oh, be no. lovely. <laughs> uh, no, Katie's, Kate's been specific here. It's us glowing or having oh, bits of glow. Oh, it's not the plants. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The plants is my interjection. Oh, <laughs> well, then you'd have to hire a glowing person to sit by your child's bed. That's <laughs> I don't think they'll sleep. No, no, it'd, be, it'd be yourself. It'd be you yourself. Could... You just turn your finger on and be like, hey, honey. Okay. <laughs> Time to go to bed. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> this is long personal recreation to BT. Okay, yeah, we hey, don't. Honey. Yeah, we've got it in. Time we've got our own uh, torch on our fingers and we don't need the trees anyway. So, finger yeah. torch. Yeah, finger torch. <laughs> Finger <laughs> torch, right? That's Sean. You're up. What's your idea? Okay. To finger torch. Right. So, getting back to the the fish world again, um, I wanted to try and find another uh, source of inspiration from the fish world. I should say that I ruled out anything that Kevin Costner did in Waterworld. So that includes <laughs> having gills, fins, drinking your own piss, that sort of thing. Yeah, he does that in that movie, right? Nearly killing your career. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ruining yeah. your career, just like a fish. Uh, Kevin Costner. Um, so Finding Nemo did great. Yeah, fish yeah, know. Yeah. 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 Kevin Costner's no jealous of Nemo, actually. Um, so one of the things, the cool things that some fish are able to do is actually survive being in completely anoxic water. So they can be in water that doesn't have any oxygen in it. And they can do this for, for days. They can basically go on completely anaerobic metabolism. And, and the way we do this, too, we can use anaerobic metabolism, uh, but we can't last for long periods of time. You could only go for a few minutes, maybe. The way fish are actually able to do this is, instead of producing lactate as an end product of anaerobic metabolism, they actually produce alcohol in their bloodstream. Yeah. Uh, so that's what I propose, is to be able to in, 
they will be able to produce your own endogenous alcohol. The reason why they do this, the reason why they produce alcohol instead of lactate, is because they can easily excrete alcohol through their gills. So. There's that whole syndrome where people have that, they have something in their gut, I can't remember what exactly mm. what it is, but when they eat bread, they start fermenting their own oh, alcohol yeah. in their bellies. Have you heard about this? It's actually, no, that sounds amazing. People don't like it because they're like, they have breakfast and then they're wasted. <laughs> Still <laughs> don't see the downside. <laughs> so you've got your own microbrewery. Yeah, <laughs> in your stomach, but you can't get rid of it. That is amazing. Look, so the thing I'm noting here is that that started off as a pitch saying being able to survive without oxygen. That's mm. what I wrote down as the pitch. Yeah. And then it was just yeah. produce your own booze. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, so, okay, so let's think about the benefits here. One is that you could survive without oxygen, and two. But you, you seem like a byproduct. <laughs> <laughs> so you're just persisting. How in a are you producing state? your oxygen, though? So if I'm a fish, am I able, is it just flowing off me? No, so you don't, so they, they would only do this in situations where there is no oxygen available to them or in their bloodstream. So it's the same thing that we do. In that situation, we would be breaking down glycogen that's in our muscles. And the reason why we use oxygen is for a completely different biochemical pathway. There's a portion of that that actually doesn't require oxygen, but still produces enough energy for us to kind of get by for short periods. Um, normally, we, have, we can only undergo that for a short period of time because we produce toxic byproducts like lactate and uh, lactic acid. Fish can get away with. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Have to get 30, 30, bet you get 30, bet you get 20, 20, 20, bet you get 20, 20, bet you get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Producing alcohol because they can quickly get rid of it when it gets toxic. So they're actually doing this completely without oxygen. So does that mean that you can go out mm. on a Friday night and you'll just see people auto-asphyxiating <laughs> to get hammered? Yeah, potentially. Is the fish excreting the alcohol? Yes. Uh, yeah, so it, it excretes it through its gills, I believe. So if I was kidneys. swimming behind it, yeah. I could just... Yeah. So the next time you're swimming around in anoxic water... Open um, your mouth. <laughs> 
<laughs> we could do this. This With could carp. Be. It's carp and goldfish. Goldfish are a type of carp. That's these are sort of the the group. Oh, so you could you mostly. can make your own oh, distillery. Oh, at home. Yeah. So if you carp. have goldfish at home, <laughs> just don't clean them out. Yeah. 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 And then you can drink the water after. <laughs> <laughs> This is a very exotic cocktail that you're making here. Just to have it in your glass. What's just, that? I'm just imagining, like, mm. making some kind of mixer and then adding the goldfish, and that, mm. that's, that's the booze part. <laughs> yeah. And if the gold... How is the... Because especially goldfish, if it actually is a goldfish in a container, so it's going to go round on itself and drink its own alcohol. <laughs> so then does the, does the fish get drunk? And what is the drunk fish like? Are they fun? Oh. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I'm sure there's probably videos on YouTube of that sort of thing. But, I'm going to uh, see if there's a swimming version of Staggering now. And I go, so I'm going to watch a goldfish. Yeah. It's very hard to or get a goldfish. <laughs> Being like, there, the other fish is like, there's been something I've been wanting to say to you for a while. Get out of my tiny castle. It's, <laughs> it's that very... treasure chest is mine. <laughs> my treasure. It's very hard to give them an anoxic environment, though, because I know goldfish are one of the ones that actually breathe air. You'll sometimes see a goldfish coming oh, yeah. up. So goldfish don't breathe air. They do what's called aquatic surface respiration. Yeah, they so, get an extra bit. Is that so, a way of it? So they, they, if the water level gets really, really low, another thing they'll do is they'll go to the surface uh, layer of the water where there's, there is more oxygen, because that's where the interface with the air is, and they'll slurp water at the surface. Ah, but so they're not gulping the air. No, they're so there the are a lot of different air-breathing fish, though. So air-breathing in fish, there are a lot of Amazonian fish, for example, that breathe air. There's uh, stone loach, actually, here in Scotland, which breathe air. They actually breathe air bubbles through their rectum. Um, they <laughs> That's an adaptation. They inhale a lot. Uh, air-breathing in fish, I mean, people always think of fish as water breathers, but air-breathing in fish has actually evolved 11 separate times in different fish lineages, so it's actually What do you mean, modern. that they're going to more towards the air? No, I mean, most fish are, are water breathers, but it has, it has evolved independently multiple different times. So it's, it's not like all of the air-breathing fish came from the same oh. ancestor. It's, uh, there's clearly benefits to air-breathing in different environments for these fish where it has actually arisen. Can they do both, then, other fish that do both? Yeah, so there's, some, there's a lot of fish that are called bimodal breathers, and so... Some of them are uh, obligate air breathers, where they need to be able to access air. And there's other ones that seem to switch between water and air breathing, and they will even air breathe in situations where the water has enough oxygen in it, and nobody's really sure why they, why they actually do that. Because it's, most of the time it's dangerous for fish to be air breathing, because so there's a lot of predators that will be waiting for them, like birds can actually wow. learn where fish will start to do air breathing or aquatic surface respiration and basically wait for the fish to come up and they'll get nailed. But So it's weird that some fish will do this even though they don't actually have to. It's a little bit of a mystery, actually. Maybe they're just adventurous. I'm, I'm going to help mm. you out here, Sean, because I can tell your argument's getting less convincing the, the further you get let's get back to the Let's go back to the producing <laughs> booze. So, so is that in the short list? Making just, our own Can booze. I make one final pitch? I mean, just think mm -hmm. of how awesome it would be just to, like, if, if you're stressed out and you need a drink... You don't have to worry about if it's socially just acceptable. Ask to baby just bird be like, you. What's that? Baby bird you. What? <laughs> <laughs> like regurgitate booze in yeah. your mouth? No, you can just produce it yourself. Oh. So yeah. you just hold your. Well, sweat it and, and lick myself or something. Yeah. No, it would just oh, yeah. it would just appear in your bloodstream. So you, oh, it's you, in my bloodstream. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's not. Good. You think I could really do with a drink, and then you hold your breath, yeah. and that's it. 
Yeah. Oh, it's almost like a, oh, it's sort of, almost like a sort of no fun treatment for alcoholics, isn't it? It's like you're going, oh, well, do you sit you then? We'll give you the thing. So now you've had a drink, and you'll be going, yeah, but it wasn't any fun, was it? It's just come into your system somehow. Yeah. yeah. Or it might be fun. It might be fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm arguing with myself now. So whatever the thing is that makes me be able to generate my own alcohol, and now and I've done it, and I go, oh. Lovely, it's great. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah. you could do it at any time. That's yeah. the worry, though. Can I be responsible enough to have that power? Well, yeah, I don't think so. with great okay. power comes great responsibility. Yeah. No, okay. I'd need hours. I need opening and closing hours. After, yeah. Um, <laughs> mm. that's, yeah, okay, so after this existential crisis, is, there, <laughs> is this in the short list? I like it. I like the fish doing it but I'm going to go with the light, I feel, more than oh. the fish. Yes. So, okay, that one's not going forward. Only because I can't trust myself with this ability. Yeah. We can still do better than that. We've got suggestions from our audience here at Glasgow Science Festival. So, anything grab you in particular? Um, yes, and I we'll like you again if this. Can. I think it's Barbara, is it? Is there a Barbara? <laughs> Barbara, what's your suggestion? Cognitive control over your body to, like, a cellular level. So... You know, like for involuntary reactions, like say the blushing or something, you can control that. Or let's say if you have a headache or a pain somewhere, you can like consciously like numb that area, that kind of thing. So you're talking like full on proper mind over matter for everything. Yeah. yeah. What do you think, panel? Why did, why did you pick this, Joe? Why did this fascinate you so much? Because I had thought about it as well, uh, that it seemed. Um, it seems strange that we can control some things, can't control others, that I can make my arm move. But like you say, that I can't control the part of my brain that's saying that my finger hurts to turn it off. So it feels like we, would ha we should have the power to do that, but we just don't know how to do it. And just turn off and on neural pathways somehow. Like yes. Neural inhibitors, just kind of slip them in there. Well, we do have some natural painkillers, yeah. like uh, different hormones that'll dull pain, like extreme pain. Oh, am um, I doing that without knowing it then? Yeah, well, that's the thing, it's not voluntary. But I think, I think part of the reason, just going back to an evolutionary standpoint, why that would probably be a bad thing is because if you, back in the caveman days, if you, you know, broke your finger or something, uh, instead of doing something about it, bandaging it up or tying it up, if you just turned the pain off, then you wouldn't do anything about it and you'd get oh, an you infection. Don't know. And, it's bad. Yeah, yeah, it's all downhill from there. So it's a bit of like a patchwork, like you and or a, a part-time patch. Mm. You'd have to be able to be responsible to take care of it later, eventually, yeah, for the damage yeah, sake. Yeah, exactly. Well, most of the, it, sorry. I was just thinking, with the same sort of thought, because obviously you're right, like some pain is very good because it tells us something wrong, could we have a better... A bit like if, the, if you've got uh, maybe an alarm system or one of the alarms isn't working and a light will go, we should have a better way of checking if there's something wrong. We should know. Maybe, you know, our thumb will go round or your ear will move or your eye will go, oh, that means there's something wrong. Yeah, so we don't need pain, we need LEDs. Yeah, we need a better, better signalling system. We should be more aware of what's going on. National Health Service, they can't continue to be scanning everybody. We should be able to do it ourselves. <laughs> I get where you're going yeah. with this, but yeah. this mind over matter thing is a very interesting one because particularly, as you point out, pain is a very useful sense, but most of pain is useless because most pain doesn't tell you anything's actually wrong. Mm. We've got a very knee-jerk reaction to, to things. Yeah, or chronic pain where it's just been going on for weeks and you're like, I know already, my knee's sore. 
Like, yeah. That's bad. Stop. And pain's a particularly good one because pain's not just in the place that's sore. It can be in the nerves between there and then. It can be in your brain mm. as well. I was just looking this guy up because I, I knew that whenever you're saying about mind over matter, there's people who do this kind of thing. Um, Spoon benders? Uh, no, no, because they're not real. Oh, Spin no. Don't. And we're not. <laughs> Actually, no. Do you know what? Go with that. Explain. Justify that comment. I don't know much about it. Actually, I've just seen it. It's not real. If you've just real. seen it, it's still I not know. real. I'm thinking people like Wim Hof. So Wim Hof is uh, he's nicknamed the Iceman, and he's able to withstand extreme cold. He can go like swimming in temperatures that would normally kill other people, and well, it's would... pretty much mind over matter. It would probably just be that his nerve endings have died at that. No, <laughs> no, they haven't. It's, it's the same way that there seems to be some people who can consciously control their body temperature much more. Like, I'm sure maybe you've seen footage of. It's a it's a, a particularly common in Tibet, I think, form of meditation where they put. I've heard of that. I wasn't sure people. if it was just kind of. No, rumors or rubbish. Or so we're that. not using powers that we could have. Well, that's, that's, they, know that's most why of meditation these... that they come out. Yeah, most of these, as far as I can tell, are training. Like, so perhaps you can actually get exactly what you want, but you have to work at it for a bit. How do you feel about that? Yeah. <laughs> I feel you're not going to put the work in, Barbara. Yeah. Uh, it's the problem of humans. What kind of rubbish like that? I often think that, you know, I'd love, I would do anything to be able to play guitar except practice. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. There was one that grabbed you here, Sean. Yeah, I've got an interesting one here. Unfortunately, they didn't put a name. Uh, I'm not sure why exactly. Is there a Lisa here? I've written that we should find a way to delay puberty. Um, and I wrote that because I think if you had more time when you were wee to learn things and grow up um, before all the party stuff kicked in that we'd learn more and be better at things yeah, so one way to delay puberty yeah that we were wondering what the the reasoning was behind that but it's basically to spend more time as a child before you yeah become a like stupid or teenager or more time like you're saying learning learn. so then we're actually better people when puberty yeah. hits us and makes learn us and go crazy whatever it might be but yeah until yeah. all that kicks in when you're like 14 or something and it all just goes crazy and Mm. You're kind of um, suggesting then that, that the teenagers are idiots, which they're not. Like, you're kind of saying, like, you've got to have all your learning done by the time you're 14, and then there's nothing else after that. It sort of makes sense, that. though. Do, do, do you think, like, children have just a... Actually, how do you know that children aren't already full? Like, that's the time. We know everything that we ever will. We hit 14, and then we go, oh, we may as well start getting interested in sex and growing hair in strange places. Because even when we do all that stuff, we do it all wrong, and it's embarrassing. Why don't we just... <laughs> well, maybe, maybe, actually, here's a counter-argument. Maybe embarrassment is something yeah. worth learning. Because we've all got parents who aren't embarrassed by anything, and they're embarrassing us whenever you're a teenager. <laughs> oh, you're pointing at the person next to you. Yeah, How do you... Mom. Oh, this is your mum. <laughs> you brought your mum to the science lecture. Oh! <laughs> That's true. Why did this scratch your eye, Sean? Why, why did you oh, I was just to? wondering what the reasoning was for wanting to delay puberty, it was, like if it was like, I do horrible. <laughs> there, there may be stuff to this again, because like, well, I think the real reason is because puberty's awful. I'd want to put it off. I wouldn't wish puberty on my worst yeah. enemy. Oh my, what happened yeah. to you? <laughs> I became this, jeez. <laughs> you, like, honestly, who likes puberty? 
Mm. I like being a teenager. What was so good about being a teenager? <clears throat> well, that you stopped taking school seriously and learning and um, just had quite a lot of fun. As someone that's just started puberty, I've got to say, I quite like that. <laughs> I mean, that's why I'm seeing the idea and going, that's quite a good idea, because then you would be a more level person for longer, probably. Yeah. And you may have some more fun. There is like some... different kind of fun for longer, and then you move on and have other kind of fun for longer. So it's more that you mm. want to increase childhood as a capacity for learning. Your innocence. Yeah, for learning and for having fun. Just to, it, it all just passes by so fast, and then you're stuck working, and you're like, oh, mm. what happened there? You're so, right in that we have a long time. Like, there's not much time up till, say, sort of 12, where you do that running around, jumping, climbing trees, making up imaginary friends, games, all that kind of fun. You only do for that time, don't you? And then the rest of your life, you don't. You might do it with kids if you have kids, and they're like, we're not really want to do that anymore. <laughs> but it does seem like you, yeah, that there's only a short time that you do enjoy those sort of things. Mm. Okay, the strange thing here, though, is that we're saying only a short time. We've got way longer than 99-plus percent of the animal kingdom. So you look at a giraffe, yeah. and it is up and running within two hours. You know, it has to be because like a third of them are killed by hyenas in their first year. Or hyenas when do they hit puberty? I bet they're a nightmare. Yeah, but even in those <laughs> cases, like in those cases, even animals that become mobile quite quickly will still engage in juvenile play behavior for. But a bit shorter. Like the thing yeah. that makes humans um, special actually is our long childhood. We're we're born particularly stupid. <laughs> no, no, we, we are. It's yeah. we have to look after babies. Otherwise, we wouldn't fit through the. Actually, okay. Think of it this, ladies. Would you like to give birth to somebody who's a bit older? Think of the size of that. If you could hear that at home, that was the sound of like about 20 legs crossing. <laughs> yeah, we were born early. We're born young. That's the thing. Yeah. But we stay that way. Like a little polar bear, when they come out, they, they don't look able to do anything. But they, they, get good, they get good at stuff quicker than we do. We are yeah. babies a long time. Really, it's ridiculous, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I remember there's an equivalent oh, yeah. that, like, a chimpanzee is born at the equivalent of like a year and a bit. Yeah, yeah. they have like a slightly, slightly longer, but like sea lions, seals, they're like twelve. But you'd have to correct. It's weird. For... It's like nine months, basically. Three months of the egg just sitting there, and then nine months of gestation. And... But it must vary with the body size of the animal as well. Don't elephants have a really long gestation? Yeah, but it's, it's not the gestation period that we're... Because, like, making a bigger body needs mm. longer time. Yeah, But exactly. it's also there's something... I think, actually, also one of the things that makes humans sort of special is that the sort of genes that baby chimps have switched on are switched on mm. for longer than us for learning. And humans are pretty much like a baby chimp because mm. we keep those capacities for learning all switched on for longer. So we kind of already what you have what you're suggesting, but you want more. Yeah. I like that ambition. <laughs> so how long would you like to delay puberty for? Like 50 years? Yeah. Why not? And then you just go into old age. <laughs> you have fun well, yeah, because actually the Five whole, years. <laughs> the whole point of puberty is, is shagging. So, no, no, it is. Like, it's in terms of it's, it's reproduction. So bearing in mind that we don't want a kid, why do we not just leave puberty switched off until we're starting to feel the biological clock ticking? Because well, sex is enjoyable. In itself, isn't it? You see, you're talking to the scientists. <laughs> yeah, it is. The other thing I was thinking about that might be to do with it as well, but I don't know how it would be in delaying, is uh, that that children, like, like 
like when we were saying earlier about, we were talking before this about language and how can children, they, 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 we're very open to learning and children learn languages really quickly and then something closes in us. So if we can learn more for longer, does puberty stop us learning? Is that one, because it seems to happen at the same sort of time. But I think you're saying that the learning doesn't necessarily stop, but it just becomes more distracting, all these other yeah. Yeah, you're distracted by all these other things, so you don't. Yeah. We're, we're keeping salt in our audience here because we're saying you can't learn anything, right? <laughs> I, lo I do hate that because, you know, you know the people are always going, oh, children of the future, as people who've given up on themselves are constantly screaming. You know, we, we can learn. We can do better. Hmm. Okay. I agree. Give her a big round of applause. Thank you very much, Lisa. <laughs> We're nearly out of time, so we'll have to get cracking. We've had suggestions here from the audience at Glasgow Science Festival. We've had ones from our panel, and I'm going to bring you one from Mother Nature herself. We have a splice of life. Uh, Joe, for our people at home, can you describe this creature to them? I can't quite see it. It looks like a... Is it a... It's a, it's a fish. It is a fish. Uh, go on, Sean. On the, all the fish. on the ground, though. It's on the sandy bottom. I think it... Is it some kind of lungfish? Ooh, this one, it's an Both. eel. Oh, it's yeah. an electric eel. So Ooh. if we're going to steal something from it, <laughs> this can produce up to 600 volts that uses to stun prey. It can kill humans. And they've been in the science news recently. Why? Why? Uh, so you haven't seen the video on the Nature website. So there's a group that showed that electric eels can actually launch themselves out of the water to strike predators. And so I recommend that cool. anyone check it. Has anyone seen this video? Because the wow. researchers had this um, crocodile head on a stick, basically. They were <laughs> shoving above the aquarium. And it would launch up almost like a cobra and just like hit it. And they had lights on the crocodile's head that would light up every time it was getting a shock from the eel. And, uh, but the video, at the same time, it looks, it looks pretty cool, but also just ridiculous at the same time. There's this, this levitating head. It's just, <laughs> Can I ask you, you said like, it was getting the light switched on when it had a shock. So was the shock powering the lights in the head? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, the, the thing was that, yeah, they're actually able to leap out of the water and discharge in air and still electrocute the, the predator. Basically. They're mean. Shock the predator. They're really big. They're mean. Meaty. Oh, meaty. Yeah. Yeah, yes, like... thick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, I suppose that, well, the, the leaping thing mm. we can kind of already do. We'd, we'd want to steal electricity, surely, for this, because anybody who has an iPhone surely wants a mobile charger <laughs> in the form of themselves. Yeah. Would this be possible? Is, is there in anything? The form that? of an eel. Um, well, no, actually, the form there, of us having these There genes. was another story recently about um, s some researchers in Japan had. I have to think about exactly what it was, but they had isolated the cells that are responsible for creating the electric charge. And I can't, I forget the details of it, but they, they basically were able to isolate these cells and actually make them uh, produce a charge. And they were wondering if they could basically turn this around into some sort of battery technology. But the amount of cells that they were able to produce, I can't remember exactly what they were doing with it, but it was really, really small. But it was interesting, and like that could set the stage for that sort of thing that you're talking about. That was in the news just like a couple weeks ago or last week. There are magnetic people. Probably try and find it here. There are magnetic people. Yeah, I had a friend, Noom, from Thailand, and he could balance. He could like hang nails from his fingers. 
Did he also well, bend spoons? Apparently, it was quite common in his. <laughs> did he town. also bend spoons? He <laughs> <laughs> did not bend spoons. That's not where I got that from. Okay. But he could do it. He could like lift up nails, and he could make bottle caps move under paper. And what people. makes him magnetic? I have no his idea. His personality. <laughs> Surely, because I know there is like a lot. This is bioelectricity we're basically talking mm-hmm. about here, and a lot of people, people, all people produce electrical charges. That's how nerves and that's mm-hmm. how all sorts of things work. So I can't see any reason to call you a liar yet. But I have video. Mm. You have video. Oh. Mm. Uh, no, I'm sure this is probably actually feasible. But I want to know why and how. How does he do it? I don't know. The, we have a, we had a language barrier. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought you were going to say we'd had a few drinks. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> maybe he could. Did you just rub him against a magnet for long enough he just or something? His hands again. <laughs> yeah, it'd be quite cool. So is, hold on. So first of all, puberty delay is that on the list? No. Because you liked puberty when you had it. Uh, because I, I don't feel we've, I don't think we've got a good enough reason to delay it, and I think you need the time. Puberty, everything's developing, but also you need time to experiment with it, don't you? You need your bits for a little while okay. to kind of see how to do everything. So sorry, puberty delay is not going on. And our suggestion was, oh, and the conscious control of... Well, I'm very in favour of that. Ah, yes. cool. So then, what about the electricness of an eel? A mobile charge. I'm trying to think how... All I can picture is me getting into my car with an eel... Um, <laughs> going, oh, it's a long journey. I'll need the bigger eel. Yeah, but you um, could do it. You could do it yourself. Phone. So, so if they do, if they can do it by a few of the eel cells, but then I'd rather have the um, the thing that uh, Kate said with the finger. Okay, I've got so, the seaweed finger oh, or whatever oh, it was I had. Right. The, the lighting up. We, phosphorus. We could conflate these things because if you're making your own electricity, you can make your own light. So, would you rather make your own electricity and Ah. then have to add the torch or just have your inbuilt torch finger? I feel safer having the inbuilt one that that I'm eating something and making myself glow. Kate, you are so, so lucky. So, that is going forward. That is going to go back to our people. We will use that to spike the evolutionary punch bowl. Um, That is a fantastic idea. So, before we go, I've got one final thing to do. Would you please give a huge round of applause to our amazing audience here at Glasgow Science Festival. We've also had Joe Caulfield. We've had Kate Shunlock. We've had Sean Killen. I've been your host, Simon Watt. This has been Level Up Human. Thank you and good night. That was Level Up Human. Hosted by Simon Watt, produced by Rachel Wheely, and supported by the Wellcome Trust. For more information, go to levelupyouman.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 